Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, January 24th. Uh, this is episode 132? 33? That's 132. Oh, no. 132. Yeah. It's 132. Okay. Right. We, have, we have two copies of it in our OneNote. I think that's, that's what right. I was noticing. It's like, why are there two 132s in the note list? Yeah, I saw that the other day also, and it was like, what the? Like, when I tried to make the copy uh, last night to start it. I was just like, yeah, I ended up with a double, and I thought I deleted it. Now I've tried to delete it again, so we should only be on the good one. Okay, that works. I was just like weirded out for a second. I'm like, huh? Why is there? All right. When so, the people are like, "Well, you don't understand," and they're like, "You you aren't supposed to understand. Just accept that this is what this is what our life is." But yes, this is one thirty. You're, you're seeing how the sausage is made. All That's right. all you're doing. You uh, see but, how the sausage is but made. But this is actually one thirty three. It is actually one. Yes. So maybe we inadvertently lost the notes to to one thirty two. We must have overwritten the notes to one, which is okay because we were done three. with that show. But I, I have now renamed so. it so it says one thirty three in the one note, and I, I've okay. confirmed because I actually when I work on the final projects, I name them by episode number, and I have the last five of the projects still, and so one thirty two was the last one we did on the tenth. So okay, so this is so, one thirty three. Welcome everyone. Welcome to 133. Okay. I'm, I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. The rest of the We're episode will go a lot stuff. smoother than this. We promise. We super promise. Maybe. We'll Probably. see what happens. Possibly. Tony, what's been, so. it's been a couple weeks since we did 132. So it's, It has. So what's happened before 133 has started here? Uh, before 133 has started here in the last two weeks, um, I uh, had mentioned that I was doing another playthrough, a uh, career playthrough of Battletech. I finished that, and I noticed when I had finished it that my total Battletech playtime, I thought I would share, was just over 405 hours. That's that's a lot. I decided maybe it was enough time playing vanilla Battletech, so I installed mods. And now I'm up to 430 hours of playtime. It's oh, a lot of Battletech. That's a lot of Battletech. So, I don't think it is my most played game. I'm pretty sure it is my second most played game right now. Nope. No, it is my most played game. So, by, like, double. So. <laughs> yeah, as I say, it's, uh, I mean... If you were to combine series, like maybe Civilization would pass it if you combine multiple versions of the game. But Yeah, I think Civ Five is up there. I know for the longest time, Torchlight was one of my highest, and it's only in the 250-hour range. So it, it's, yeah, yeah. And Civ Five's 220 hours, so... Yeah, no, it's it's like double my next most played game from the look of it. So, uh, I have a problem, maybe? Question mark? Maybe. I don't know. But the new mod, I, there's like three major mods for this game. And they're basically how far from the vanilla game and towards tabletop play and extra stuff you add. I have installed the lowest tier of them that adds uh, basically a whole lot more systems. It goes from just a little 
corner of the galaxy to the entire inner sphere and most of the major periphery nations and adds like all of the mechs and it adds uh pulls straight from lore and has an actual running timeline and as you hit the day that things happened uh in lore in the game those things happen so when major wars start when planets change hands and are captured the map at, will actually change to match the ongoing changes in the uh timeline so and this is like a third party mod yeah this is a third party mod and it's been awesome like almost addictively fun so and it's cuz the original game started in 3025 and lasted for a couple of years basically this mod that i'm playing specifically starts in 3025 and the timeline stuff ends in 3057 and my goal is to push all the way through if i can so we'll see i'm currently in 3026 i think you can do it i believe in you yeah it might the take next, a few like, more hours though yeah a, a couple more i think the next big thing to happen is the fourth succession war starts in 3028 and that lasts a couple or three years and then there's just little stuff and then there's the war of 3039 and then the next thing after that is the clan invasion in 3049 so i got a ways to go but uh in addition to all that uh my wife got a new puppy we went and picked a new puppy up and that involved a road trip to southern missouri and man i can't tell you how much i had missed like doing road trips and stuff until i actually did a road trip it was such just a great day just the drive i mean yeah getting getting the puppy and doing all that stuff that was great too but just the drive and the scene stuff and being new places was uh something i've missed i might have to do another long ambling drive for no reason other than the drive thing here before too long uh because it just made for a nice fun filled fulfilling day of not just being trapped down at home or work well they say variety is the spice of life and your favorite variety is the drive around in car variety yeah I like I, I I am one of those people. I enjoy driving. I like windshield time. Well, I haven't gone anywhere. I don't get no drive time. Except to and from the office, which I've been so far been able to do still just weekly, even though the legislative session's going. Though they've made some changes uh in light of coronavirus. So a lot of the stuff is remote. Now, I think they spent ten million dollars on upgrades and unfortunately their system doesn't show it as well as you might have hoped. So uh <laughs> that's been unfortunate. But in terms of uh on topic sort of stuff, I did finish Man Eater, the game where you play as a shark. How was it? It was okay. Um, I think it, I, I struggled at first. To, uh, I didn't realize where, how to move on. And so I was in an area that I was really too high for, for too long. And I felt like it was taking forever to make any progress. And once I realized that I could actually go to another section, like it wasn't going to just 
warp me to a new zone after I cleared everything in the starter zone, it started to go a lot faster and I was able to better maximize my my shark because it started to get awfully repetitive. And I, I think had I not done that, it probably would have felt like a really good balanced game. But given my overt time in the starter zone, I it ran it, for me, it ran long. Like I felt like I was doing the same stuff for too much, but I think that's my own fault. Yeah. So, so it's all right. It's an okay game. Uh, it's fairly mindless. It's it's pretty simplistic. Uh, and so since then, I have been playing uh, Doom Eternal, the sequel to Doom 2016. Awesome soundtrack. It, Fun it, game. It's very metal. Uh, I, I think I'm near the end. For those that have played the game, I have finished the con maker fight. So uh, as of this morning. So I um I think I'm near the end of the game. I expect I'll probably be done with it here in the next week. And then I will have to pick something else to move on to. I haven't decided no. exactly what yet, but but no, it's time. We got to keep moving. Gotta keep, I got stuff. I, I'm thinking maybe Control. I have Control. That was a Christmas gift. Uh, and I think that'll probably be the next game I go ahead and play. But uh, speaking of games, we have some stuff to talk about. Not a ton, but a little bit in both pinball and video games. It's that time of year. It is, uh, as, as is the nature of, uh, of early winter <laughs> sorts of stuff. It's usually a fairly slow time. So let's go ahead and start with pinball like we normally would. And, uh, so I, I have three things here for us to cover. Uh, one is your topic that we'll end with. And I think it's probably going to be the one that's most interesting, but to, to get through the, uh, the news items first, which are the first two. Uh, the first is, uh, just quick update, Pinball Industry Awards. I do have a link in the show notes to the website if people want to, uh, get additional information, but the awards ceremony is set to be on January 28th. That's going to be at 9 p.m. Eastern, and I believe that will be via YouTube Premiere. That's my understanding of the plan. And so if you're interested in that, uh, tune in. And since it'll be on YouTube after the fact, you can always see the recording if that is of note. Second news item is uh, Pinball Hall of Fame. So the Pinball Hall of Fame, which is located in Las Vegas, they have set up a GoFundMe because they have run out of funds while they're in the process of constructing their new building. And I don't know, Tony, do you recall? I think the new building's been – that started before COVID. I think that's it's been about 18 months or so. I Yeah, I thought the original talking about it, and then I thought construction started before COVID. Yeah, I, I think so. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it did. So anyway, uh, you know, nutshell summary is it's basically a $10 million project. And so the uh, proprietor of the of the Pinball Hall of Fame, Tim Arnold, has set up a two hundred thousand dollar GoFundMe to try and uh, complete the raising of the funds that he believes he needs to finish the building off. And the my understanding of the reason for the shortfall is they no longer they sold their building on Tropicana, where the Hall of Fame has been located, and they've been leasing it and continuing to operate. But because of the pandemic. They are not bringing in nearly as enough money as their projections had. So it has not generated the funds that they thought would close the gap out to finish the build. That's my understanding of the nutshell summary. Um, there, Tim has participated in an interview. It's split into two parts with Uncle Pinball's podcast. I do have a link to both of those episodes in the show notes. So if people want to hear, uh, Tim, I know some people online have asked a lot of questions about like, well, why doesn't he sell more games or why didn't he consider this or that? And some of those are answered in those interviews. So it's a good place to, to turn regarding that. As of the time that Tony and I are recording this episode, the GoFundMe has raised a little over $75,000 and the target amount is 200000 
So, you know, my assessment at this point, given that this all broke about uh, just over a week ago, really. Uh, so I don't think he's going to get the 200,000 because as we know, most just like Kickstarters, it's like first day, last day is when most of the money comes in. And yeah. so I think most of the, I, I mean, maybe he'll get to a hundred thousand. I don't know, but I just, I just don't see it happening. This is my assessment. Uh, there, not everyone's on board with this. Uh, there has been a lot of skepticism expressed, uh, namely on Penn side, but I've even had some people reach out to me asking some questions about, uh, if the, if the nonprofit has run well, is this a good use of money? Uh, is this the, uh, appropriate, uh, should we be supporting someone that's trying to put in a new building rather than support someone that is just trying to keep operating? Because I mean, when you look at it from the, on the surface and you say, who does a $10 million build in the middle of a pandemic sort of thing. So I have not researched this charity. I don't have the time to do it. So I can't tell you whether or not uh, it's in my opinion, if it's well run or not well run. Uh, a lot of people really like the pinball hall of fame. A lot of people don't like the way that this is going about, but that's not a, unusual for such a large ask in the middle of uh, of unprecedented times. So anyway, yeah. it's just it's but it's the interesting news that's happening. So here we are just reporting the facts. Yeah, it's one of those things that you do what feels right for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm not I don't I don't really have an opinion one way or another uh, as to, you know, is this a good use of funds or not? That's it's uh, because it is a nonprofit. It's, I believe, tax deductible, at least normally straight donations to the organization would be. I don't know if GoFundMe complicates that or not, but I'm sure if you're concerned, you can always reach out to Tim and ask him about doing something else with a, you know, getting a, noti a notice or something if GoFundMe doesn't provide you with what you need for your tax forms or, or whatever. Yeah, I have very limited experience with GoFundMe. So. Yeah, yeah, I can't think. Uh, I don't know if I've ever used it uh, to send anyone money. I don't think I have. So now we're ready for our last pinball topic, and this is the Tony topic, and this is the this is going to be the fun one. So Tony, why don't you explain your idea here? Because okay. you, you brought this up with me uh, several days ago, and I thought, oh, this this is easily going to be our pinball content for this episode. Yeah, well, this is one of those things where I'm going to to preface it with how I got to where I was. Uh, I was reading the sequel to Ready Player One, Ready Player Two, which I've now completed the read of. Uh, and I realized while reading it, uh, because if anybody's read Ready Player One or seen the movie or anything like that, you know, it's just a giant nostalgia fest. Uh, Ready Player Two is more of the same. Like the first one, it has a lot of references to John Hughes. Actually, if anything, it has more references to John Hughes. And it got me thinking that, you know what? We always talk about licensed themes, and people have been so excited talking about Goonies and other licensed themes from the 80s and 70s, you know, Goonies, Wonka, all that. What John Hughes movie would be the best choice to be made into a pinball machine for nostalgia reasons? Now, if you've never looked up John Hughes on IMDb, I highly recommend you do it. Because we had to go ahead and throw in a caveat on this. Uh, we're only going to go with the John Hughes directed movies. Because that pulls us down to just eight movies. As opposed to his writer movies uh, that he wrote. Which is in the 50s. 
Yeah, you know, he wrote a lot and he produced over 20 films too. So that's even a yeah. pretty extensive list. So, uh, and directing really fits with your, your narrative because the other, they're all from the 80s, except one was from 91. So it really does stick with the 80s quite well. And, and, and it honestly, these eight are the ones that most of the time when people talk about a John Hughes movie, these are the movies they're referencing. Yeah, I agree. It's usually what what's directed. That's all, and that's often the case with writer directors. It's usually we think of the director as the person who has the most ownership over the film. Right. So, uh, so just to get started, I'm going to go through the eight movies real quick, and then we'll start discussing thoughts and merits. Okay. Uh, we're going to start chronologically from the first one, uh, Sixteen Candles, then The Breakfast Club. Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue. Are there any of these you haven't seen? No. I can't remember if I've seen She's Having a Baby. I've seen She's Having a Baby once. Okay. I I I, I remember I remember specifically because of uh, several of the scenes with Kevin Bacon are recognizable too. Mm. Well, I can but, tell you something. She's not having a pinball machine. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. If you've seen it once and I can't remember it. I don't think she's going to do very well, but no, I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just speculating. It, well, it's the same way with, um, uh, uh, Curly Sue. I saw it once. I saw it in theaters. I don't recall seeing it in theaters. I just recall seeing it. <laughs> I think a lot of people do not think of Curly Sue when they think of John Hughes movies, but, no, but I do remember it. does not fall into, my, into what I consider John. Well, the thing is, is we go through these, but certain movies that I consider a quintessential John Hughes movie isn't in this list of movies he directed. Now, before- Because it doesn't include uh, Pretty in Pink. Right. It doesn't include Mr. Mom. Those are both John Hughes movies that are some of the first movies that pop up into my head when I think right because he John wrote because he, he wrote them he wrote them but he didn't direct yeah, them so I we've actually, locked, we've, I always think of like he wrote Home Alone so that's one that mm-hmm. that stands out to me um, he he wrote the the dog movies the Beethoven movies are his yep for writing credit Uncle Buck. Well, he drew, yeah. Oh, did he direct Uncle Buck? Oh, there's he another, there's Uncle another one. Oh, the Great Outdoors. Or no, that's the, yeah, that's yeah, right. he the Great Outdoors. Also. Which I, you know, yeah, I probably Outdoors think of as a John Candy movie one. first before Uncle Buck, but. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, uh, he actually had, I think, I think he had, let's see, between Uncle Buck and Great Outdoors, and then John Candy was also in Vacation, the original Vacation. Yep. So that's three movies with John Candy right there. So we could do a whole nother list of these. That is what John Candy movie best deserves to be a pinball you, machine. You know what? That will be a fun one, but let's you know, but, hold that for the future. Cause, oh, we'll hold that I, for I, another I love slow me some John week. Candy. So. Oh, me too. Me too. So staying with just these eight. And we've already knocked off. Let's say pretty obviously she's having a baby. It's not going to make the list for our cut, our choice of this. Now, I have a uh, question. Uh, now yes. I'm, I'm saying we're going to we're going to try and pick for us what we think which one would make the best pinball machine. But I, I'm curious which one of these eight do you think is his best movie? Because that's not necessarily the same thing. Interesting. 
Because if, if hmm. I were to sp- say what I think the public thinks, I think it's one of two. I think it's either The Breakfast Club or it's Ferris Bueller. Right. I I, I think that was probably where most... Well, even there, I think I'm going to have to... I, I think the public would probably go with one of those two, depending upon when they grew up, because I have talked to people in the past... Uh, who have a very strong affinity for 16 Candles. Yeah, but all these movies are like within two years of each other. Right, but it, they're also very different uh, feel, and That's they true. appeal to different people. Because 16 of Candles is appealing to a very different demographic mm. than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I, I agree. I agree. And, and I would say also... Uh, for those that are more into the straight-up comedy style, I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles might actually rise to the top of their list. Uh, see, and that's where I was debating between Ferris and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Well, I think Planes, Trains is a lot funnier than Ferris Bueller. Right. I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is probably the best holiday movie ever made. Hmm. See, I don't love it like I – like I prefer Ferris Bueller to Planes, Trains. Oh, see, I prefer planes, trains. I don't mind Ferris Bueller, but I prefer planes, trains, and automobiles. It is a, it, it is one of those movies that's just, it, it, it hits the whole holiday thing just perfect for me. And it's hilarious. Okay. So those are our thoughts of kind of where we think most people and us are, like, I guess if I were to pick of all these, which do I think would be seen as his best movie? I would, I would go with Ferris Bueller, but, but that's not necessarily what I would pick for, for pinball though. Right. And, and, and I will, I will say, I think Ferris Bueller has solid arguments for a pinball game because it can definitely have the kind of, uh, story, uh, and, and mode flow built into it with how the game plays. I just don't know that it would be the best, uh, for that. We'll, we'll start. Here, just we'll go over each of them just a little bit, thinking about them as a pinball uh, uh, machine. And I, I honestly cannot figure out how to make sixteen candles a good pinball machine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I thought about it since we first talked about this. I've thought about it, and in all honesty. It's not in this list. I think it'd be easier to make Pretty in Pink uh, 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 than 16 Candles. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one of the things I try and go to when I think about designing a game around a a known theme is like, what what toy or toys would I do? And there's just nothing like I'm not saying you couldn't you couldn't find things like the cake with the candles or something, you know, but it's like there's nothing that just is iconic visually to me about that movie. No. No, I mean, really, the iconic visual thing about that movie is is a young Molly Ringwald, right? Right. That's it. Well, because yeah, because I mean, the whole movie is is about her like constantly being embarrassed. So it's not there's not a set piece. It's just I mean, it's a it's a romantic comedy. I don't. I just. Yeah. I don't I don't know how to make it work. Uh, and yeah. Ma- no, maybe I if I was either. smarter, I could, but I just I just don't. And if you have an idea, let us know. Yeah. Right into collectivegamerspodcast at gmail dot com. Because I would be really interested to hear it. All right, so we're both in agreement that we can't we can't make sixteen candles work. Right. So we'll go next. Breakfast Club. 
once again, Molly Ringwald, uh, 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 vehicle, uh, probably one of the most iconic 80s teen films mm-hmm. out there. Good soundtrack. I can see this. It has enough interesting story and plot points and stuff where you could lay out some rules. Uh, you could do some interesting things with it. I still have a problem coming up with a really good toy. Yeah, I I don't have a great toy in mind, but the nice thing is because it it almost not obviously not quite, but it almost is a a one scene movie. So the setting of doing the layout around the detention area of the school is obvious and right. You know, getting you, you know, that immersion, that weld under glass of feeling like you're in the you're shooting the ball in the detention area. That part, I think, lends itself really well because the Breakfast Club doesn't have a whole lot of scenes outside of that. No, it is very much a ship in the bottle type thing. I mean, maybe, maybe, t- maybe for a toy, cribbing a little bit from uh, the iconic uh, photo with them all sitting on the railing and doing something with like a railing, maybe having an elaborate ramp that is the railing. Maybe that's a ball lock. I could see something like that. So, something like that, or. Uh... Uh, uh, I could see doing a, a dancing video mode type thing that pops up on the screen. And since there are five of them in the detention, I think you it lends itself to saying you can easily have five shots that are corresponding to those characters to collect them. And you could do some simple like you know the the guy the the maybe do the letter jacket for the jock the the fingerless leather glove for the for the punk sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely think there is some solid things you could do with that. So, uh, Breakfast Club works better than 16 Candles. Yeah, I think it works quite a bit better. Now, to the one that, you know, I don't always think about this being a John Hughes movie. I I didn't remember it was. Um, But I do think it it has good potentials. A pinball machine is, of course, weird science. Because... It has the potential through the sheer amount of um, kind of crazy things that happen and the way the story builds up and the, the, the big party at the end and, and all the interactions. I think there's some fun stuff you could do. Plus, it's hard to go wrong when you've got a movie with Bill Paxton in it. True. And he plays a monster. Uh, there's actually so many people that I don't think about being in this movie because I mainly think about this movie, you know, Anthony Michael Hall, but I mean, Bill Paxton's in this movie, Robert Downey Jr.'s in this movie. It's kind of surprising, actually, but I think, I think it could have some decent potential. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen that. I don't remember this movie as well as some of the others. I do think in terms of a toy, the... You could use a computer as a centralized toy, uh, right? Given the, given the concept of them de- designing the woman, there's some stuff from the film that had uh, you. There are other things though. I think there's a a scene with a girl in the chimney, so you could do something with a chimney. Yeah, there's. there's I still like just, the computer idea better. I think the computer idea would be probably the best. And again, then you run into the whole what are you, uh playing into because this movie was so 1980s geek stereotype thing 
I don't, I don't, I don't know a good way to put it. Let's see. I think it might fit in better with the aesthetic of pinball in the eighties mm. than the aesthetic of pinball today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. I just, this one, I, it has potential. It's so wacky that there's a lot of right. like, weird stuff you could do. Again, it was weird sign. There's a lot of weird stuff you could really get away with. It could be, it could make for a pretty funny pin. I'd say funnier than, uh, you know, either 16 candles or the breakfast club would be. But as we move right. down this list, there are much better options, I think, than weird science. I agree. All right. So that moves us up to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And boom, boom. yeah, this. Don't DMCA this me, movie, please. Yeah. Please, oh, no, we're shut I down. didn't do a good impression, please. <laughs> Someone's beating on your door. What's that sound? <laughs> so, it's the recording companies of America. They're mad. They want their money. <laughs> Nirvana sent them for me, and it's not even their song. <laughs> uh, Napster throwback but, for everyone who didn't know about that. <sighs> okay. Actually, it wasn't Nirvana, was it? It was Metallica. <laughs> Dang it, was Metallica. it, I screwed it up. That's a real. Yeah. I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. We'll just leave it in. It happens. We're not perfect. We'll do it live. We're doing it live. All right. So Ferris uh, Bueller, uh, as I noted, I think of these eight movies, his strongest. Yeah, I, of these eight movies, I think you're probably. It's up there. I prefer planes, trains, and automobiles, but I think most people will agree with you. I think you the on. broad public. I, I am the everyman. You are the elitist scum. I, I'm the elitist scum at this point. So but yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I think most people will agree with you. Guy, uh, but, so Ferris Bueller, guy cutting class, uh, and going on zany adventure. Yeah, it, and it's literally it's zany fun adventure stuff. It ha- leads itself to a linear storyline building up towards a wizard mode. It leads itself to all sorts of things you can do. Uh, the um, parade uh, singing uh, scene would be a beautiful for a hurry up uh, with very specific targets to continue the song. Uh, stuff like that. I think this one is the best of the ones we've seen so far. Yeah. Uh, now, and there's so much, there's so much stuff toys wise that, I mean, you could do something around the car. You could do something around Ferris's room. Cause he had that elaborate, like the, you know, you've got the, the baseball glove and the, in the, and the audio recording of him being sick. And you know, just take one of those and make it something in the game. You could, you right. could get away with uh, something from the parade as well could be done. Um, yeah, it would lend itself really well to either a linear approach or you could still ultimately the wizard mode is try and get back home before your parents and you just do the various stuff from the movie in any order you want, like parade or trying to right. roll back the odometer or, uh, you know, Cameron falling oh, in the pool. Be, that, that wouldn't be a bad, that wouldn't be a bad toy right there where the, if you could set something up and have the, uh, when you hit it. So it looks like the garage, and then you hit it, and the car pops out of the garage like it's falling. That'd be yeah, yeah. That'd or, be a pretty cool tour. A shot, or you hit something, and and you see a a a Rooney with his uh, pant leg shredded getting on and off the bus. Yeah. Oh, hmm. A gummy bear. We you have know, to put a, 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 a their warm in have the a, pocket. Have, Gu- have a have a gummy bear. Pocket in there. gummy bear. But, uh, pocket uh, gummy uh, bear. Hurry up. Because <laughs> you got to eat them while they're still warm. The, the, the car garage thing would make for a solid ball lock. You lock the balls and then when it releases, it pops out and balls start dropping out of yeah. it. Yeah. 
So I was something like, I think it's, uh, I think it's got a lot of potential. And I mean, hmm, that's tough. I think if I was going to push here for getting somebody to do call outs for that game, I'd want Alan Ruck. Yeah, I, I mean, probably reasonably would achievable. Be the obvious one, but I think Alan yeah. Ruck would actually work better. I think, yeah, I think. Cam, I mean, in some ways, it's almost like Cameron was the third eye viewer of a lot of the stuff going on because obviously it's him and it's Ferris and Ferris's his girlfriend, uh, yeah. Sloan, I think was her name. Sloan, in the movie. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, those, yeah, I think so. I would agree. Alan Ruck would be yeah. my would be my pick. Yeah, because it always that movie it always felt like that. Cameron was the audience member, unless in uh, everything. Uh, unless you wanted to, wanted to go ahead and, and do something really uh, more off the wall, like uh, get Ben Stein. You could. I mean, what's he doing now? Yeah. He's not. We're not winning his money anymore. Yeah, I, I have no idea what Ben Stein's doing anymore. No, he's probably retired. I, I would assume so. Let me see. Because he's, um, he's well, what uh, no, mid seventies, I think. Yeah, he was born in 44. Uh, he had something come out as recently as 2019, uh, but it was just uh, voice acting. He was in The Last Sharknado. The Last Sharknado. So. Yeah. No, he's still, I see they have something announced with him coming up, so I guess he is still uh, somewhat active. He doesn't do a lot. Yeah. Of, he doesn't do a lot of stuff, but, but that's all. He doesn't he's really need pro- to do He's a never lot been of stuff. prolific. No. And a lot of what he did was TVs and voice stuff. Okay. So of these first four, I think, regardless of my opinion of Ferris Bueller as a movie, which is pretty high, I think it's the strongest of the four thus far. I think so. But this moves us to... <gasps> Your Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It, it, it is. Not just because it contains, you know, Steve Martin and John Candy in what is arguably the best movie either of them were in. And that's saying a lot because John Candy and Steve Martin were both had a lot of good movies. And for them both to be in this movie and it be so strong, I I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I think the whole story here, much like in Ferris Bueller works because it's just a series of linked attempts to get home because you've got, you know, the, 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 the airports closed and the, the, the car rental issues and the, the, just everything they have to go through to continue this entire trip back home, uh, lends itself to modes. Uh, and it's just so darn funny. Yeah. I, and this is one that I, I've seen a few times, but it's been a while since. Toy wise, this game, this this would be a game that works really well around this theme, though. Uh, just because of the you, know, you have all the vehicular things you could build around as set pieces, you could you know do one to three uh, easily. It's just easily, and there's and there's other there's other stuff from just the weird. I mean, you could do something involving the the cab, or you do something uh, about the. I'm trying uh, with one of the like one of the desk clerk scenarios, you know, inside the rental place or something, you know, right. You don't have is to just be around a vehicle it, itself either. So, um, and, and they could they could steal toys from other games already because just uh, 
John Candy's character always has that enormous trunk that he's taking with him everywhere. Yeah, I know yes. they've got, I know they've got leftover trunk ball locks from, uh, uh, was it Aerosmith that had the trunk ball lock? I'm kind of imagining if you had a, uh, like a scoop trunk shot as another alternative rather than a ball lock where you shoot the trunk and space, it's just like, in, you know, behind a scoop. And right. that's the, the mystery award is what comes out of his trunk. Yeah. That, Big um, points. Uh, yeah. Everyone's favorite award. Big points. Not small points. Big, big points. points. So, uh, uh, yeah. No, I, I think this one has a lot of potential. Uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I don't know that it would sell as well as Ferris Bueller. Yeah, maybe not. But but that doesn't mean it wouldn't be the best pinball machine. True. I have a harder time on this one, too, trying to figure out. I mean, I mean, with Ferris Bueller, it was obvious. It, it felt real obvious to me who would work well for uh, callouts. And on this one, unless you could somehow get Steve Martin, I think you'd pretty much just have generic callouts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we can't have John Candy. Uh, no one. I mean, it, the movie revolves around those two. So, I, right. honestly, you probably just end up with a generic callout person because I doubt you get Steve Martin willing to do it, but. Right. But I mean, that would be the ideal. And in fact, it's really the only logical related to the film option that you have. So, yeah, yeah that's unfortunate. But I mean, nothing can be done around that. It's yeah, just, that's just that. that's just life. Yeah, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Do you want to talk? Uh, she's having a baby or no? I don't remember enough of that movie. I remember bits and pieces. Not enough. I don't think there's yeah. any chance. I guess the toy would be a baby. That's it. Uh and no one wants to bash a baby. That's mean. The, so. the, well, it, let, let's be fair. It would honestly need to have a bash toy that just looks like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> just, just to have a Kevin Bacon bash toy. Uh, whatever excuse you can do to have a Kevin Bacon bash toy. And every time you bash him, he says lines, but none of them are from She's Having a Baby. They're from all his other films. Yeah, it's just, yeah. You use it as a thing, <laughs> but in all actuality, it's, it's just the Kevin Bacon game. Just because of the Kevin Bacon. I just want a, <laughs> I just want random Kevin Bacon movie <laughs> toy. Uh, okay, so we're, we're going to, due to ignorance and, and lack of a lot of experience with it, we're, we're not really going to address She's Having a Baby. Which moves us up to Uncle Buck. I love Uncle Buck. In Uncle fact, Buck's for me, so I like funny. it more than planes, trains, and automobiles. Really? I really, I've seen it a lot more. I just, I, have, I, I, I am have, more of a John Candy fan than I am a Steve Martin fan. And so a vehicle oriented entirely around John Candy almost inherently is more preferable to me. Even with, though I like Steve I Martin's work. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not like a, I'm trying to think of a well, comedian. I like Chevy Chase. I'm not a big Chevy Chase fan, but. Uh, but John Candy, yeah. Uncle Buck, oh my gosh! So it was, it, it's so funny. It's got so many things going for it. Right. Uh, so, so for those that don't know, Uncle Buck is about he he's Uncle Buck is a, is a bachelor. He he has a girlfriend, but his his family contacts him to basically babysit his his nephew and nieces, and he is not. He is not used to suburban life. So he's coming from the city. He's a smoker. He's got, I mean, he's got all these bad habits. And so he, he comes in and he's just like this fun loving guy in this stuffy suburb. And crass. He's so crass. Yes. And so it's just, it's just, you know, and then zany antics ensue. So, so the, all right. There's so much that could work with this though. I mean, the hatchet from the trunk. 
could be a toy. <laughs> uh, how about a quarter? And you you shoot the quarter yeah. shot to to be able to, to go to buy a rat to gnaw gnaw a mole <laughs> off of this mean teacher principal's face. Uh, the you've you've got the 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 washing machine scene. Where he, it looks like yeah. he, he's he's having some lewd lewd behavior with that. He him bashing the washing machine, trying to get it to work. Uh, it's just just so it's got like Ferris Bueller. I think the toys on this one are real easy to do. Oh, I think so. I mean, I mean, even between all of those, the 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 pancake, just a giant yeah pancake pancake. You thought yeah. you thought Breaking Bad pizza on a roof was big deal back in the eighties. We had pancake on a plate. <laughs> so yeah no it it oh man yeah that would be really really good i just uh, yeah it's it's less iconic it's like i mean it was like only a 15 million dollar movie or something it was it was it's just it it's not on the same level i guess as a lot of these other but just to me the whole idea the fish out of water but it being a city guy in the no not going like sticking him out on a farm like you would with Polly Shore but just putting him in the suburbs and what that yeah. meant in the 80s i just i thought it works really well you know a lot of the the tension between him and the teenage niece uh and but hey maybe that's who you get the call out it's jay underwood the guy who played bug the boyfriend yeah yeah, that would make sure he's still would, alive. Okay, yeah. Yeah, is. I have no idea. Yeah, he is. He I is. mean, he's still he acting. Because well, yeah. let's see, John Kennedy, oh, Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah, he was the. He was the ne- he was the nephew. He he was the nephew. That there's I forgot a there's that was a there's a toy Culkin. the mailbox uh, the mail slot in the door because he talks yeah. through that to before you know that's how he he's the one doing all the screening to let people in. Yeah, no, I think that one would have a lot of uh, a lot all of the potential. modes the mode with the drunk Pooter the clown. <laughs> don't forget about pooter <laughs> yeah no that's definitely i i think you could have a lot of fun with that one and then the last one would obviously be curly sue yes curly now curly for curly sue is i mean all the you know i think all the john hughes movies he directed all kind of fit in the same basic concept of what they're, they're not all you know they're all sort of these light comedies in 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 a way but uh, this one was uh, so you've got it's a Jim Belushi vehicle, uh, and him and his daughter are basically scammers. So they're they're they try to they make people think they they're trying to eat essentially. It's not like they're it's not the whole dirty rotten scoundrel sort of like high yeah they're not class the high level artist. grifter type. right right right. This is more like yeah. really like low rent kind of <laughs> kind of scams and so. They uh, the the movie revolves around a, a a rich woman who thinks that she's hit Jim Belushi with her car, and they're trying to get a meal out of it. But ultimately, they start to get to know each other, and you know they they bond, and all of that is what is what goes on. And the little girl Curly Sue is uh, a key instrument in a lot of these scams. So. Uh, I liked the movie okay when I've seen it. I mentioned earlier that I actually did see this one in the theaters. Uh, but there's not other, I mean, the toy, yeah, would be probably be the car that hits, hits Belushi, but like, there's nothing. This is not a good movie to do. I don't think. No. Uh, there's not, it's not, uh, I don't think it's a particularly strong movie. I, 
it's okay, you know, it's heartwarming, but there's nothing about it that screams pinball to me. So I just don't, again, it's one of those like 16 candles. I don't really know how I make it work. I think I could make it work better than 16 candles, but not by much. Right. It's just one of those, yeah, things. It's like trying to take, I mean, it's not a law drama, though. I think the woman in it is a lawyer, but uh, but it's like it's like trying to take a law drama and make a pinball game out of it. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, uh, no, there's, than, there's uh, no good way to do it. Other than maybe liar, liar. I don't know what you do. Well, um, my cousin Vinny could actually hmm. be fun. Okay, but to be fair, so much of that involves what happens outside of the court. My cousin True. Benny would be great though. Oh god, now I want to talk about the mud and the tires, <laughs> trying to to rent the rent a suit, the the pool hustler. Okay, but, but that's not that's not John who's directed movie. That, that's not How John dare you bring that up though? How dare yeah, you? Now sir? we've got all sorts How of How dare yeah. you, sir? Yeah, sorry. You will apologize we're, we're to the listeners. I'm I'm sorry for taking us off topic. Tony Tony, what's I'm, a you? Sorry. <laughs> What's a ute? <laughs> a ute. How do you like your grits? <laughs> Darn it, I'm going to be stuck on that all day now. <laughs> I'm going to be yelling my cousin Vinny quotes during the Chiefs game. <laughs> you know, still slightly off topic of John Hughes for just one second. Okay. Another an, a, a, another uh, uh, older movie that I think would be a lot of fun and work really well as a pinball machine and has an amazing amount of star power for what it is. Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. Yeah, I've heard people suggest that one. I read people have suggested that one before. I mean, that would just that could be a lot of fun with the obvious toys. But that that's just yeah. I'd rather see uh, a Rocky Horror myself, but whatever. Rocky Horror would be enjoyable. So, I like the musical back- numbers better. And you've still got just as many fun uh, fun toys, though maybe not as iconic as a man-eating plant. True. Uh, maybe less family-friendly. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know about the, the full-on PG mode. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's worth putting in or not, but... Yeah, it, it would definitely be... But, but, I mean, Tim Curry at the height of his power. Uh, but back to where we started with John Hughes... So I think it's I think it's real easy to tell from our talking about this that we're looking at Ferris, Uncle Buck, and maybe planes, trains, and automobiles is where we think the top three selections for a pinball machine. That's my general go. read. With I guess if we needed a fourth position, it'd probably be Breakfast Club based off of what yeah. we said. But yeah, I mean, so let's. How about this? We let, let, let's let's cut this to two. And then we'll throw it on the Facebook because doesn't Facebook allow two votes? I don't know if we can do that anymore after they did their did modification. Get, That's why I quit doing the those votes. Did for they our, get rid our, of that? Th- when they made their new version, you could not on group pages anymore do a poll. Oh. Um, I, so, I hadn't realized that because well, you always made the polls. So. Right, right. And that's why I, I stopped us doing the, you know, which of our six. That's why I stopped the Build-A-Bank was I couldn't do yeah. the vote anymore. And that made me oh, sad. I, I, I thought you were just tired of winning. No, I'm never. I'm never tired of victory. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm checking under the system to see if that got in it because a lot of people complained. I actually, I didn't run into the problem myself. I, I thankfully, I had read about people running into that problem before 
before I had tried. So I had learned from other right. podcasts that they're no longer they were no longer able to to ask yeah. like there's not in the so I yeah, don't think we there's can not a create a poll thing anymore. So given that again, lesson until they yep. return. I mean, we could do a poll through another service like we used to, but I just we get less, far less interaction when we would do things like Google polls than we did back in the back with the face that Facebook. What were you thinking? Come on, those polls were useful. They they, they were. So I'm afraid it's down to just us. I mean, people can write into eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail dot com to tell us what they would pick. Yeah, um, and, and tell we, us why we're wrong with yeah. what we choose, and we can read those on the next episode. So we invite you to do that, but. I'm afraid it's it's down to us, Tony. So, but I don't object to the idea of dropping it down to two. Okay, for us, though I don't know if it matters. I don't think it matters if it's just us. Okay, um, well, I think. Hmm. What do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? How do you want to do it? Oh, I was. I doesn't matter either way. I can go first. I think as much as I love it, and as much as I do consider it the quintessential holiday movie. I think Planes, Trains, and Automobiles doesn't have the same uh, uh, impact that Uncle Buck or Ferris Bueller would have. Really? Yes. Uh, I think both of those are probably um, more popular just because I've talked to more people who've seen those two and enjoyed those two than Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Well, let's pull some let's pull some numbers from my PDB real quick. So. Um the gross for Uncle Buck was $66.7 million, or worldwide gross, excuse me, $79 million for Uncle Buck. Planes, okay. Trains, and Automobiles was $49.5 million, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off was $70.7 million. So Uncle Buck made the most out of those three, but it's also 1989, so the you know dollars, inflation, we got to factor a little bit of that in. And then if you include like the meta score, uh, the Metacritic, Metacritic has planes, trains, and automobiles with a 72, Uncle Buck with a 51, <gasps> and Ferris Bueller's Day Off with a 61. Really? So yes. there, planes, trains is the highest. Fascinating. But when you look at the popularity on IMDb, We've got planes, trains, and automobiles at two thousand four hundred. Uncle Buck at six hundred ninety four, and Ferris Bueller's sitting at seven ninety. Yeah, I think maybe the stars will make the most sense there because uh, those those numbers are weird to me. So yeah, because those numbers are based on like people voting, and they kind of shift around a lot. Yeah, Ferris Bueller is a seven point eight out of ten on IMDb. Uh, Planes, Trains is 7.6, so pretty close. And Uncle Buck is down at 7. So they're all, yeah. you know, between 7 and 8. But Right. They're all there. But in that, so depending on the metric, different ones of these are in the lead. Right. And I think that's where it's hard to make the choice because I think they're all excellent movies. I think they're all hilarious movies. Uh, though the one that feels the most John Hughesy. Is Ferris. I know they're all John Hughes movies, but when you think, but again, when I think John Hughes movies, I don't always think some of these movies. Right. Because right. of the box he's been put in. Yeah. Let's go with that. So, so your pick for Pinball Machine would be Ferris Bueller. I think Ferris would be the most well received 
and uh, definitely, I think it would probably sell the best. I agree with you, but I'm picking Uncle Buck because I don't care what the people want. I'm giving them what they need. <laughs> what they and need. And they need Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck will be a lot more fun as a pinball machine. It just will be. I don't care that the movie's not as strong. <laughs> I don't care that it's not as popular. It's more fun. It's more funny. John Candy blows the it- cast of Ferris Bueller out of the water. It's just, that's what I'm going with. And I think it's, even if as a movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is better written, I think Uncle Buck as a standalone for using pinball with the stuff. Planes, Trains would be good too. But I just think, it would, it, I think I Uncle think, Buck. I think Planes and Trains, like I said, it is my favorite holiday movie. And that, but. But Uncle Buck, I could probably get, I could get a call out person like a Macaulay Culkin or someone to do something with it. Uh, you know, with Planes, right. Trains, we're basically down to Steve Martin and that's it. So there's more flexibility with Uncle Buck. There's yep. some really funny set pieces that work really well for either of them. So I, again, I'm going to say, let's just do Uncle Buck. Uh, we could set it up in a variety of different ways that the rules could go about. Whereas, um, planes, trains might be a little more structured around the various movie set pieces. Uh, of course, right. you'll probably end up with that with Uncle Buck as well. But which ones you choose to use, I think there's a lot of flexibility with Uncle Buck just because there's so many little scenes that are all really funny. So it's like, do you want, do you want the scene where you're playing as John Candy trying to find his niece before she is violated by her boyfriend? You know, that's an option. Do you want the washing machine scene? That's an option. Uh, but you don't have to do all of that. I just, yeah. It's not – I don't think it sells the best. It's definitely not the best of the, of his eight movies that we went over. I don't care. That's what I'm picking. It would be a very fun pinball machine. And it is it, my, it, it is my job. Be, it is my moral obligation. It is your job to My pick. moral obligation, Tony, as a podcaster, to tell the people what they need. It's my job to be their expert, not their job. Oh, it's your job to make their decisions for them. That makes sense. I understand completely. I think a lot of your arguments for – uh, Uncle Buck also apply, uh, to Ferris. Uh, there's plenty of choices for call outs. There's plenty of set pieces and toys available. Um, I think the difference would be the just sheer amount of, uh, resonance with the people and the games that they would be most interested in. That's a good point. And Ferris would be my number two pick and planes would be my number three, but, and Be- breakfast club would be my number four. If you want the, or I'm not, and it's like, why don't you do the next four dance? No, I've done enough. Yeah. enough. <laughs> why don't we just do them in order? Why don't you do, do, do them, 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 them all? You're such a, go, we're going to so go with brilliant. Ferris. We're going to go with planes, trains. We're going to go with uncle buck. We're going to follow that with breakfast club. Then weird silent science. We're going to follow that with, Oh, Curly Sue, then she's having a baby, then 16 Candles, because I just have no earthly idea what to do with 16 Candles. <laughs> I'd put 16 Candles above she's having a baby, because at least I know something about the movie. <laughs> but that's the only reason. All right. Here's here's one of the things, though, that I bring up with Ferris Bueller that I think is interesting, because you raised some points about like the popularity, uh, and I absolutely agree. And yeah, it's got, if anything, I mean, it's more iconic. I just, if you ask, if you give people this list of eight movies, I think the majority of the general public, be they pinball or not, are going to say Ferris Bueller. Yeah, it's so, an iconic touchstone movie. Here's it the, pro- really here's the problem with it. It's, it's the Star Wars effect. If you can't pull off the certain, there's just going to be too many people that are going to be upset about what you didn't do with the game, no matter how you did it. 
Uncle Buck is not going to have that problem. People are not going to be like, darn it, you didn't include the quarter and the rat chewing the mole off the face. It's like no one's really going to care. With Ferris Bueller, you put in the car, people are going to be mad that you didn't put in the parade. You get the you get the call out. Well, to be fair, if you put in, you you need to put in the. I mean, those are like some of the big set pieces. If you didn't have, yeah, the but car you can't fit the them all in. in there. You can't do them all. It just well, no, you can't do them all. But those two, if you don't have those two items in no, there, I, 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 okay. So you do those two, and then they'll be mad that they didn't have you didn't have the scene with the with the parking attendants driving the vehicle around. They're gonna there's always gonna be something. You didn't have the the jail scene with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> you get Alan Ruck to do your callouts, and there are people that are mad you didn't get Charlie Sheen to do the callouts, even though his scene was a lot less. <laughs> it, was, it, it was like five seconds. There are gonna be people that are well, upset that you don't have well, the Bueller, Bueller. You don't put in the Bueller Bueller. You didn't get the rights to Ben Stein. They're gonna be mad. look, Tony. Gonna you're gonna Make people at Uncle mad. Buck because you don't, you don't mad. have the scene where he's asking how good the plumbing is because he's been eating a lot of cheese because he's like a little mouse like nah, 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 and it causes some issues. I mean, there's going to always be something that's left out that somebody's going to be mad about. Yes, but Ferris uh, Bueller, it's like it's quicksand. It's the Harry Potter s- system thing. You make a Harry Potter, you're going to make more people mad than you will make happy. That's why Harry Potter is such a terrible idea. It's just too popular for its own good. Ferris Bueller is too popular, Tony. It's too popular for its own good. Let me uh, let me use my expertise and protect the people by just you, giving you, them you Uncle Buck. You can try that as much as you want, but I don't think, I think that I think people Ferris are Bueller I think the does listener not is fall into the same level as Star Wars or Harry Potter. I'm not going to disagree with you that Harry Potter is going to be very divisive if it ever happens. The Star Wars games are divisive, but I don't think that uh, uh, Ferris would fall into the same level. Ferris is going to be much more along the lines of people going, wow. This happened and being happy with what they got. I mean, that'd be right up there with the last Starfighter pinball machine, which would be, let's face it. If you're making the last Starfighter into a pinball machine, you've already screwed up because that game needs to be a video game. No, I, last star. You could do last star. Uh, I want a ball lock where you are, you're the little ship. And then when the multi ball starts, it death blossoms those balls out. That, that would be cool. That and you only get that multi ball cool. once a game because you can only game use death blossom needs once. To have a lot of video modes to really work. Yeah, well, that can be a discussion for another time. Yet so anyway, time. folks, write into us with your thoughts. EclecticGamersPodcast at gmail.com or you can comment on the Facebook post when that goes live or send us a message or what, however you want to do it. But please tell Tony why Uncle Buck is the safe, proper answer. Because it's not. I have, I have a feeling I will not have majority support. I don't care. I'm going to pull the elitist card and say it's my job to guide you all on this journey. And trust me, yeah. Uncle Buck is what you need. It's what you uh, need. I think I'm going to go out on a limb with you and say, no, it's not what you need. <laughs> Ferris would be much Quote better. Quote of 2021 for Tony. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, no. <laughs> no. Well, speaking of limbs, Tony, I think we can finally go to video games. We can. Uh, video games had a little bit more stuff going on than pinball. Because not unusual. Not unusual. Uh, we just normally don't cover most of it. I'm going to figure, well, I'll go ahead and open up with the, the most interesting to me item, which is going to be, uh, the announcement of the, you want to call it the formation or the reformation of Lucasfilm games? Yeah, kind of reformation. Uh, yeah. Uh, because there used to be all the Star Wars and games and all of the 
the, the I mean, there was, you know, Maniac Mansion and Day of the Tenant and all Monkey that stuff. Monkey Island. Out, and- yeah, that were put out by uh, LucasArts uh, Games. And when the, the Disney bought it out, they kind of went away. And now it's they're bringing it back as Lucasfilm Games. Uh, and while they're still... Uh, here's what's interesting. In 2013, Disney signed a deal with EA that gave EA exclusive rights to make Star Wars games for 10 years. But now that Lucasfilm Games exists, they've already announced that Ubisoft Massive, uh, the developers behind The Division and The Division 2, are developing an open-world Star Wars game. What's interesting to me is, does this mean that they have modified their deal with EA? Because they have said that there are still Star Wars games coming from EA. Or is this one of those things where it's set up to EA's deal will end in 23 like it's supposed to, and these games aren't going to come out till after that? Or did they just sit down with how bad the press with EA and EA Star Wars game releases have been and basically use that as the stick to force adjustments to what is allowed. Yeah, we just we just don't know. I mean, if I were to pick, my guess is that this like because uh, we know Ubisoft is working on something now as part of the announcement. And yeah, I just don't think any of the new stuff's going to come out until uh, after the deadline, but that they've already decided it won't be exclusive anymore and if it's all about when the games get to be released, it's okay for another company to start. But they probably have signed a contract with Ubisoft saying, yes, you will get to release this Star Wars game that you will now start working on so that you'll be ready to go, hopefully, when the exclusivity period ends. So that's my guess. Right. And and that was what my guess was, but I just didn't – there's really nothing about it. It's yeah, we don't super, know. Uh, uh kind of just announced now they did also announce uh from lucasfilm games that uh machine games owned by bethesda uh they're best known they've made all the new wolfenstein games mm-hmm. um they are developing an indiana jones game mm, that's neat with todd howard as the executive producer so i don't know if that still qualifies as neat or less neat but <laughs> no i'm still somewhat in, i mean other than lego i haven't we haven't seen anything Indiana Jones in next to any memory. I remember the yeah. 2600 game, Raiders of the Lost there was, Ark. There was a game that came out after the Lego games, but it was not well received. And hmm. I think it was only on certain, like it was like on the PSP or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, I can. What I can say regarding all of this is, I in no way fault uh, Lucas for doing this. With oh my gosh, EA has just—it feels like they've completely mismanaged having this they Star have. Wars exclusivity. I mean, what other than the Battlefront games, which are okay? I've played Battlefront two somewhat extensively. I did not. I tried the demo of Battlefront, the first one. I never ended up buying it. And then there was that one single player game that came out that people really, really liked. And other than that, most Fall of the stuff order. has been ho-hum. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't finished squadrons. I just, I haven't I, finished squadrons either. I, uh, I'm just not, uh, I'm just not amazed by it. But when you, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's, I, it's all right. It, 
It's no wing it, commander. Well, right. Now, squadrons, the, I think the big thing with squadrons is squadrons, like the Battlefield games, uh, are, it's designed to be a team combat game. And the story has just been thrown in there to have a story mode. Right. It, and it's, it's not it's the, extra it's not the primary it. point for it. Right, right. Well, I, and I, I think when people heard about the announcement about all these Star Wars games, they assumed we'd be play, we'd be living the Star Wars universe, not just going into 32 versus 32 battles in the Star Wars universe. Right, and that's not what EA has delivered. And the thing is, is that there have been some huge games that were getting good press and looked great that EA can't. Yeah, they can't all the exciting ones. I mean, don't get uh, me. I mean, I love Dice. I really like their multiplayer approach. Battlefront Two is an enjoyable multiplayer game, but that's all you'll turn to it for is multiplayer. That's all it is. Right. The single players, meh. The big thing is, I think a lot of it anyway. I should say this is just me opining is a lot of the games that were in development at one point in time were single player games and EA stopped doing that type of game. Yeah. Cause with multiplayer, you do the microtransaction thing and you make more money. Right. That's what I, I mean, quite object, you know, I was gonna say objectively, but maybe biased or not that that's definitely my view of EA is they're like, it's loot crate time, baby. Yeah. And that's exactly how they acted. Um, so I'm, I'm glad, I'm just I'm glad, glad that, even if Ubisoft yeah. is going to give us an open world star Wars game where it's just, it's far cry, but with, with a, that's my fear. It's going to be far cry, but reskinned <laughs> as star Wars. All Ubisoft games kind of taste the same to me. So that's they do. What that's They're what I'm expecting. Real. I mean, I mean, I but mean, it'll be single that's player. It. That's the thing. It'll be a single player experience. Right. So, I mean, I think we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. Um, going on from that, uh, we've got, uh, Microsoft had a real interesting <laughs> 15 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's being kind, Tony. Cause, uh, on Friday, as in Friday the 22nd, just a couple days ago, they announced a price increase across the board for Xbox Gold Live. And that's the service, for those that don't know, for you to be able to play online, you have to be an Xbox Gold member. Correct. One one per console, I believe. So uh, a family. Right. Yeah, there needs to be at least one per console to be able to play online with other people. Yes. And uh, uh, 15 hours later, uh, they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're sorry. Uh, That price increase isn't happening. And from now on, uh, if you're playing a free-to-play game, you don't have to have an Xbox Live Gold account to play those games online. Which would put because, them in parity with Nintendo and PlayStation on that. Right. Because Nintendo and PlayStation didn't require you to have their special accounts to go online with stuff like uh, uh, Fortnite or any of those free-to-play games. So... Uh, that's not active yet that may take them several months to enable right yeah that's not active yet they're just working on it right i would have liked to have been a fly on the wall uh, a a microwave in the room when those started coming in the emails and it must have been bad 
It must have been real to to get that fast of a turnaround. I when I heard about it, I was I was pissed. I was absolutely pissed. Be- they didn't just raise the price, they doubled it. They doubled it and they didn't add anything. It's like there was no like I remember being annoyed when Amazon raised the price of Prime, but they had been adding new things, you know, other than the two day shipping. It's like Amazon Video now is something that I use a lot. So I use it. I use yeah. I use Prime Video more than any other service now. So I mean, between Prime Video, I use the the Prime access to the to the music a lot. I uh, you know I get a free Kindle book every month, and I don't tend to read them, but I, I usually download them because I'm like oh, okay, I'll grab another thriller it's free you know they added a few things along the way that made it you know along with also a lot of the stuff that was two-day shipping is now free one-day shipping so you know they it they still it was annoying but i accepted it this was all right i get it they haven't raised the price in a long time but to all of a sudden go from 60 dollars a year to 120 and then so i bought two i bought two codes uh, at, at the 60 could only load one into my account because I'm like, okay, well, uh, I think I'm only going to be using gold for the foreseeable future because I have an Xbox Series X. So that's the console I've been with for the next gen. And I was just, I was just like, why are you doing that? You've been, they've been making so many right decisions lately. And they faltered a little bit, I felt, with the console launch, not having any games available. But it was the same thing for Sony. So everyone had the same falter there. So it's like, okay, you've been making right decisions, but how, how can you, how do you sell this as a good idea? And early on, actually, after I bought the cards, a few hours later, I read in there, they had a more detailed news announcement that had clarified, though it hadn't said this in the initial announcement that I could tell, that anyone who was already a gold subscriber got to keep the old rate. So I turned out to be grandfathered in already. So it's like, well, then why are you doubling the price at all on the, just the new people? Like, are you trying to right. keep the new people out? And I, I, I think this was all. Like they had it in their heads that this was a way to better incentivize people doing game uh, Game Pass Ultimate, but but no, it did. I mean, I I read some, and I have not researched this myself. I read someone trying to explain it, and they felt that like for console only players, Game Pass Ultimate isn't a a deal that you really look at because of the you know you can buy things for just the console version for game pass if you're interested and you can get gold and, and you do that and so if gold was more expensive game pass ultimate comparatively becomes a better deal but but we all remember how much gold was so it's like <laughs> it's a better deal except that we have memories and we know what we used to pay and it's like you haven't done anything to improve G- xbox like gold setup with like the the party chat and all that. It's a really good system. But I mean, I remember transitioning on the 360 from being a PC gamer back into console. And that was a tough pill for me to swallow was the idea that I had to pay for online. What convinced me was okay was that their online infrastructure is very, very good. But it's again, it's not like we're seeing any notable improvement. Like what are we getting? Ever since Game Pass came out, uh, games with gold, the free two games we get every month, they've gotten worse, not better, because all the good stuff's in Game Pass. So it's like, I just, it just was, a, it was just a blunder. It's just an absolute blunder. Uh, and if it was motivated to try and get more people to adopt Game Pass, they'd be better just phasing out gold and saying, you're right. going to do Game Pass or something. But 
It, I think that would have probably gone over better than this. And that was the rumor a few months ago when they, I think they took away, and maybe it's still gone, but they took away, at least for a while, or said they were going to, the ability to do like one-year gold subscriptions were taken away from the, like, if you weren't already signed up. If you were signed up, you still had them. But if you if you weren't, that option, I believe, went away for people. And they're like, why is this not out there anymore? Uh, it looks like Microsoft is getting rid of gold. And people seem to be like understanding, oh, yeah, well, with Game Pass... That's where they're making more money off Game Pass than they do gold. And if everyone pretty much is doing it, because it's like the no-brainer deal in gaming. You know, the issue for people like me, as I've expressed before, is I don't play a high volume of games. Game Pass is great for a nibbler. Like someone yeah. who wants to go in. Like I know people who go and they will get a game and they will play it for like 20 to 60 minutes and then just move on. <laughs> and, and I don't tend to do that. So Game Pass is great for people like that. Game Pass is also great for people that have enough money to afford Game Pass and do that and normally would only be buying like a couple games a year. And so this gives them access to more than a couple of games and it probably gives them access to the games they were going to buy anyway. So that's a great deal. But I get so many of my games for my birthday and for Christmas and it takes me so long to play them because I do so many other things in my life than just tear through video games that it it's just not it doesn't bring any all it does is cost me money like i'm not going to take full advantage of it not at this point maybe if i caught up on everything and instead i had people give me gifts that were not 20 dollar video games you know it'd be different but it's like what i do currently works best for me it saves me the most money and keeps me with plenty of games to play so i just don't need it even though it is i agree absolutely the best deal it, just, it is a great deal uh but and I need gold. It is actually right because you like to play online with other people. Because I play Overwatch every week. I need gold just for that. If I want to play Battlefront Two, I need gold for that. It's so, and I don't want to pay one hundred and twenty dollars a year to be able to play Battlefront and Overwatch online. I already bought those games. Yeah, no, and that makes just, complete sense. I and I think that's why they stupid. dialed back like they did. They they had to. Uh, I'm impressed with how quickly they oh. they changed course. I, and, and, and full kudos for that. I, I, I have it. I'm not sure this is how it happened, but I just imagine this is how in my head canon, this is the reality. Phil Spencer just storm actually like leg kicked open the door. Slam. <laughs> and just like, what are you doing to my division? <laughs> and all these marketing people are like cowering, like, Phil, we're we're sorry. We just we thought we'd get people into Game Pass Ultimate and Phil's like, I've been working my butt off here, bringing in like 15 new companies to make exclusive deals. We're trying to finally bury Sony in the dirt and you decide to double gold because you thought it would be a good incentive. You will repeal <laughs> this deal and then I will decide whether or not to fire you. And then he ate one of them. Yes. <laughs> Nom. He, he basically, he, 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 said, he just sucked them into his tummy and then <laughs> he just goes, poyo. <laughs> Because he likes to he likes to give a lot of credit to Nintendo. So that's a Kirby reference for those that don't know what I'm talking uh, about. That was a solid Kirby Thank reference. You. I thought that I thought I did his ver how he would truly say Poyo. It's like that. So yeah, no, it, it was it, it was one of those things that uh, by the time I even found out about this, it was already over because I didn't read the initial any of the initial news about this until yesterday. The first news I read about it was the news that they reversed themselves. So, yeah, and they apologized, and so I mean, 
I, I think they've minimized the damage. I, I've never seen a company move that quickly to, to reverse off of their plan. I mean, we've seen this happen with other companies before. Like I remember when Netflix did their first big pay. But this was back when Netflix was still like doing a lot of the mail you the DVD sort of stuff. And they were going right. to price raise and they, they delayed it or they lowered the amount or something. And, you know, that curried more favor. Uh, so, yeah, I thought they responded to it really well. I still just couldn't believe they thought it was a good idea in the first place. It's crazy to me uh uh, especially that high of an increase well they just launched a new console you need as many new people in now this is not the time to want to jack the price jack the price when we're five years in on the cycle and everyone who's adopted is adopted and then you're like okay well we've got our built-in base they're probably going to stay with us that's a relatively inelastic demand but not when you're trying to i mean even with all the companies and everything they've done, they're inherently behind the eight ball because Sony was in a stronger position last gen and people are inherently favor the system they were already in. That's just how life is. So because they carry, you know, they carry over their trophies, they carry over their friends list, they carry over the ability for backwards compatibility, uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So it's just, yeah. So thank you for reversing yourself, Microsoft. Uh, try and be a little more thoughtful in the future. Yeah. Maybe, maybe plan a little bit better and think about stuff. Yeah. Poyo. 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 Uh, We'll finish up our video game discussion this time around. Uh, In a recent interview, uh, Valve co-founder Gabe Newell uh, announced that Valve has games in development that are, have not been announced yet, but are, close to release sure they are sure they talk about sure. disappointments let's talk about valve <laughs> valve is they have a history we'll go with of trying to perfect games and then just trashing the project because valve makes all of their money from steam yes yeah. so when it comes to actual game development They'll develop a game, and if it doesn't meet the exact high standards of whoever's in charge at the moment, they'll just dump it. And they've dumped, I don't even know how many games, that a game has been announced, or a game has been seen, or a game has been heard of. Uh, They've even shown clips of it, and then, ah, we canceled that project. Now... There have been changes in management in the last year or two that have had people hopeful that it would mean they'd be getting games out. And they did put out Half-Life Alex. Yeah, the VR uh, thing. The VR thing. And it reviewed really well. So the question is, what... Are these games? I tell you what these games are. There is no Half Life Three in the in here. Don't even, don't even dream. That game's at a point where they know they can't put that game out because that game, that game. If you fired that game up, it ran perfectly on every computer. You could run that game on an Apple IIe or on the most awesome box, and it would run perfectly, and it would be enjoyable, and it would be fun. And when you beat the game, there was a million dollars put into your bank account. People would still hate that game because that's how high the hype has become for that game. The hype for Half-Life 3 has gotten to the point where Cyberpunk isn't even in the same zip code. 
So there'll never be a Half-Life 3. They just can't do it. Which means now they'll put it out because I said that. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's one of those things that I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, Valve has put out some good games. But until I actually see them release a game, I'm just not going to be real. I'm not getting my hopes up. No matter what they say they have or how good they say something is going, I'm not going to believe there's an actual game there until it's at a point where it is playable. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to speculate on what Valve might be working on. It's it's too hard to know. Yeah, I mean, it's just who knows. All right, I'm pulling up a list of uh, Valve games. We'll just go over just the last few. I mean, they've put out a lot of good games in the past, but let's just cover the last few. In March of 2020, they put out Half-Life Alex, which we talked about. It's a virtual reality exclusive Half-Life game. I've heard really good things about it, but it's a virtual reality game. So it's not like it's a major world breaker changer of uh things yeah most gamers just don't care right uh in february of 2020 they put out a standalone version of the dota auto chess game mode which was a thing that was real popular several years ago yeah i remember hearing about it and then realizing it wasn't actually chess yeah uh 2018 they put out artifact that was their um Car collectible card game. Hmm. Uh, it was based on Dota, of okay. course. I didn't uh, remember this. Yeah, it was their attempt to make a Hearthstone. Uh, they actually got uh, good people to build it. It was designed by Magic the Gathering creator Richard Garfield. Oh. But it was dead by 2019. They had less than 100 concurrent players at that point. It oh, was just, wow. Yeah. Uh, in 2016, they kicked out a free, uh, VR game for the HTC Vibe VR release. It was just a, a compilation of mini games set in like the Portal universe called The Lab. Okay. Uh, and then you had Left for Dead Survivors, which was released in Japan as an arcade Left for Dead game. Don't know nothing about it. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Well, if it was only released in Japan, I guess that's not surprising that we don't know. Right. Um, Counter-Strike Nexon Zombies in 2014, a free-to-play zombie shooter. I'd never even heard of it. Uh, Counter-Strike released just for Korea in 2013. Okay. Well, we're going way back now. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The last big game they released... Uh, CSGO in 2012 or Dota 2 in 2013. When did they release Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2? 2009 was Left 4 Dead 2. Because that team's gone. That team now has made a spiritual successor on their own. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to see Left 4 Dead 3 from Valve. No. Portal 2 was 2011. Mm. Yeah, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, they came out a year apart. Yeah, that was a big controversy at the time. Huge controversy. Uh, but they've just, they've got nothing. I mean, 
we're starting to talk about stuff like the orange box and all that. <laughs> well, and part of the reason why I said I, I wasn't inclined to speculate about Valve isn't just that they trash games when they don't live up to whatever standard they're applying to them. It's also that my understanding is a lot of their game developers have not enjoyed working for Steam where they don't get to make games and they have gone on to other places or formed their own studios to make games. So I don't know yeah. what talent they've got left. I mean, it's Valve. They can afford to bring in any talent they want, but uh, you know, to do a pinball analogy, it reminds me of uh, that interview we briefly discussed from Super Awesome on our last episode about Dennis Nordman and how he wants to be at a company that actually makes games. He doesn't want to just sit around on their payroll and wait for his designs to come to fruition. And that's true for video game developers, too. Yeah. And I can understand that. They got into what they're doing to do something, so they'd like to actually do it. So we'll just have to see what comes of this. If there's anything that actually really comes out of Valve, yeah, I'm, I'm not skeptical. holding my breath. But it could be something. Because that's the thing. Valve games are either amazing or terrible. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, because Artifact crashed. Uh, but it might have been a good game. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I Dota really like the Left 4 Dead games. I like the Portal games. Team Fortress I mean, Two is still really popular. It is. Uh, uh, the Half Life games were all hugely popular. Uh, that's just the thing is they don't have anything recent so we'll see we will see we would have to wait and yeah. see and it's amazing how many games that valve has kicked out were mods well we made it to the end of this good time uh so for those that want to reach out to us about anything John Hughes, Microsoft Gold, what Valve is going to come up with, as we've noted several times during the episode, you can email us at eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com. You can also message us over at facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And that's it. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Who knows what strange things will lurk in the hearts of these podcasters at that time. But until then, I am Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.